Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. This is Stuart here from Radio Keys. I'd just like to introduce the guest that I have this week. Excited to have him on. Uh, it's Dennis Hazelton from the band From the Bottom. Uh, they're a badass band. Um, we talked a lot about music in general, some of his influences, uh, his musical upbringing, and most importantly, we talked about how they're going to re release a record pretty soon, so I'm super excited to hear that. Um, so without further ado, Dennis Hazelton. <laughs> stuff are you talking about unloading oh that no not not, not me uh i think the uh one of the other acts there oh yeah um and that's uh fuck that's at vinnie's right vinnie's yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely dude um mm. i think that that's gonna be an awesome show you got overland playing and then one other band that i couldn't minor birds yeah are, have you ever heard of them nope i have not no <laughs> me neither but dude. they seem to be pretty active on social media <clears throat> that's good man you're just talking about uh tom trying to trying to let the group know to, to promote he's being uh, aware of how many people aren't going or aren't <laughs> I, well it's like a big thing with like the interested going like mm -hmm. dynamic i think it's a pretty good indicator of like how many people show up it can um, be yeah yeah Except, you know i've seen like you know some of my favorite artists you know, uh, playing places in Berkeley or or or, or Oakland, and it says like twenty five thousand are interested. And yeah, we, we know that twenty five thousand people can't fit in any of those places, dude. So it's just. Can so you imagine? So sometimes it's not the best indicator. I mean, there is definitely twenty five thousand people interested, <laughs> yeah. but about a thousand people might show up. Do you think there's a little bit of a rub though? Like when people see that a lot of people are interested, they're like, "Oh, this is going to be a big event." Like, and then they're more inclined to go to it. I think that it is uh, a way to show whoever that follows that person that they look i am interested in this see this is my interest yeah and then they don't actually go do anything dude it i think you'd uh, be surprised how many <laughs> things i've pressed interest on and uh, uh good no I, I mean i like to press interested just to even if i'm not just to kind of support the event you Boom. know like perfect example yeah whatever the reason may be there's somebody pressing interested that is no, already full knowing that they're not going to go anywhere near it. But it helps, though, because then it shows up on your feed. It's like, oh no, Dennis I, is interested in this event. And people absolutely. are like, oh, Dennis might go. And then yep. next thing you know, it's like just this, this chain reaction, you know? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm, I'm just looking at it from the sideline. Yeah. And, and as a, a person, again, who, who, who does or doesn't go places. But, you know, it's whatever. Yeah, but... I think, I mean, you guys also have a really good, like, word of mouth type following, too. Like, I feel like whenever you play, it always, like, people always show up for it. We've gotten about as far as we could get without having anything to give. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> when, when was the last time you, you guys recorded a record? Well. I saw some stuff on Reverb Nation, but I wasn't. None of that stuff was, is real. It, that, that, see, that's all, like, demo stuff done, okay. done years and years ago. Yeah. And, um, done in a in a little room about this size yeah you know and it was just all kind of practice for somebody else to record 
Yeah, like, totally. Like I was their guinea pig, and they just wanted to learn how to record. But it was mostly you, and you had the full band, too? Because you guys have evolved, too, yep, right? Like, it's, it's not just right. the it, same four members this whole time. No, there's been multiple different members. Not not that many, but uh, enough. I, but I do have uh, my original, original drummer now. and um, TJ. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was, like, full circle with TJ. He, he was my first drummer when I was 16. And Dude, then, that's uh, awesome. He... Of about three years of that or so, and then um, we parted ways for a little while, about nine years, and then he yeah. came back. Yeah, he he's a really good dude. Yeah, like that guy's, he's like abnormally good dude. Like there's like good dudes, and then there's TJ, who's like he's just such such an outstanding human being. You know, I agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> I support that message. <laughs> TJ, if you're listening, you are great. <laughs> yeah, but, no. Uh, he wanted to be here, and so did my bass player, by the way. I'm totally, if they're listening to this, definitely sorry, but as you can see, it's like a pretty small ass room, and no, I we only got want, the one I mic. I wouldn't want either of them near me right now. It's like <laughs> and a, it's kind of hot, too. Like, it's like which a broom is closet other, in here. Yeah. It's not the, uh, hey, <laughs> let's paint a picture of luxury here, Dennis. <laughs> broom closet. You know, there's hey. a chair, there's a sofa, love seat here. It's from, I think it's, dude, I think that's straight from the 50s, man, that thing. There's a... Uh, Type of torture device over there in the in the corner. That's my girlfriend's. Yard. <laughs> That's her hair. Weird swing type stuff <laughs> hanging from the ceilings. That's also her too. Don't let them confuse no. you. <clears throat> no, yeah, but, um, fucking eight. No, the show on Saturday should be uh, pretty good. I know my my bosses are going and uh, a few of my coworkers, so that should be interesting. So you have to keep it somewhat clean. No, <laughs> I'm not going to keep it clean. This is going to be, you know, the uh, the true determination of whether they. Um, are going to be able to deal with me for the for the yeah. remainder of the future. If they, can, <laughs> if they can if they can come and see me play and be like, "All right, I'm glad that guy works for me." Then I'm doing all right. Yeah. yeah. Dude, people are so supportive. They're going to be Absolutely. dude, and they're going to they've never seen anything that you've done before. I think yeah, no, they've seen a little teeny bit. They've seen a snippet, but dude, no, they'll, they, they'll be impressed. They'll be like, "Oh shit, I had no idea." My boss is also a, a musician and uh, nice. uh yeah, yeah. It's so. nice to have like my old boss uh, when I used to work like a more corporate gig, like he was he was also a musician, so he like totally he got it. You know, we just sit and talk about music a lot, about guitars. He was a guitar player, singer too, so it was like even easier to chat with him. Right. But a really good dude, and he like had a lot of understanding. If I was like, "Hey man, can I leave a little early to go to the Bay Area to play a show?" He was like, "Yeah, man, get out of here." It's like, awesome. So, I think your boss. What did, what did he used to do? What did I used to do? No, your your boss used to do. Oh, he 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 sings and plays the harmonica. Dude, that's badass yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, in a band called Cradle. But um, and they they are still a thing, Cradle. Uh, sort of, yeah. They're doing like an acoustic thing right now. Dude, shout out to Cradle. Shout out Cradle Three. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, no, uh, yeah. But Saturday it's a three band act, and you, you're headlining, right? No, we're playing at ten. Oh, Overland's headline. Yep. Dude, tens. That's the that's the best. That's one of my favorite spots. Yeah. yeah. Because Vinny's is popping by that time, mm-hmm. and I mean, you guys are gonna draw for sure. I. You guys, when was the last time you played in Concord or like this area? I feel like it's been a while. I feel like it has too. I I mean, we played, we played together at the Starry Plow, and that's you know on the other side of the tunnel. That was a fun one, dude. That was a fun one. You guys killed it, dude. That what I really liked about it was the uh, the sound girl. Dude, she was killer. Uh, I mean, she was just on top of it. Yeah, she know she we we've had her about two or three times, I think. And every time, I'm just blown away by the sound at that place. It's like not too loud out in the audience, 
and it's you can have you have so much clarity up on stage. She was the least rude, uh, most on her shit sound person I have ever seen. Yeah, for, and it's for, like a male dominated profession. Absolutely. That, that that would be the first time I've seen a, a female actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of it. It's been a she can't think of any other actually what, uh, yeah. I'm 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 gonna say yes, where that was her specific job, absolutely. And she wasn't you know, there's the sound guys that come up to you and they're just like, uh and because I mean I get it. They've seen a, a thousand acts and, yeah. and and people treat their shit like shit or whatever, but you know, I'm just I'm not doing that. I'm there for business. So I like it when the person who I'm dealing with mm-hmm. is in the same mode I am. Like, let's get this sounding good. Let's make it happen. Not- there's, al- there's also this thing that sound people tend to do. It's almost like uh, they want to establish their like role, and they want to establish, like they're like, look, everyone, you're going to come to me for this. And it's almost like a demeaning tone where they want to they wanna manage the situation. And I, those kinds of sound guys, I'm not a super big fan of. I, I'm more of like the, hey guys, welcome, you know, like kind of like the happy host. I like the than, meeting the person, shaking the hand yeah. on stage type of yeah. a, a situation. How, how do you guys want to, you know, be set up? Who's You're talking like equals, not like, hey, this is how it's going to be, like talking down from a position. Like that's what I've seen a lot of sound guys do. And it's just kind of a tough, and then you like already started out this kind of tough dynamic, you know? Right. And I like what you're saying. You come up, you're like, hey, what's up? Shake your Man. hands. Boom, it's business. A lot of guys, it's punching the clock for sure, but, you know, it's... It's the, it's, it's the best way to get the best sound out of your sound guy if it's not, you know, if, it's, if, if you're not bringing your own guy. You want to go sweet talk the fucking sound, dude, because he's... Yeah. Uh, I've seen it. I've seen where they were just like, oh, yeah, you're, you know... When the, when the guy is on stage yelling at the sound guy, yeah. first of all, it's not a good look. No, it's the <clears> worst <throat> look. Terrible look. Second of all... The sound guy now goes fuck this dude, and he does what you know. He turns up the suck. There's like a suck he turns button, up the suck which is like volume, and he makes the shit sound better on stage for you, oh, so dude. that you can be That's like a whole other level. Cool, of it's, I, I yeah. think it sounds better, <clears throat> and then makes it sound terrible in the audience. Yeah, I've seen that, so that's why I've always tried to you know stay in the good graces of the sound man. I think that's huge. So you've had TJ for you said there was a nine-year hiatus. How it? long have how long have you been playing music for? I've been playing as from the bottom for fifteen or sixteen years. Was that in a, was that was from the bottom like a solo project? That's it's, it's yeah I guess you could say it started so like it started that as a solo and then I, it, as soon as I could get some players you know I mean yeah. it wasn't meant to be one you know yeah that's for sure. You you weren't meant to be a player. No, I'm saying. Oh. I mean, it, it didn't feel like it was meant to be a, a oh, solo okay. thing. You know. I, oh yeah, I, yeah. I felt like it needed everything. You know. I mean, I yeah. haven't even gotten there yet. I haven't gotten the sixteen man orchestral accompaniment. Yet. <laughs> one day. <laughs> one. I remember one of the things we first talked about was Tom Waits and stuff. Because mm-hmm. you do uh, "Make It Rain," and I'm always begging you to play that song, dude. Yeah, we were playing that Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Yes, please do, dude. Do it. Do it for me, if nothing else. Because yeah, we've, I'm we've been a, practicing. I'm a huge Tom Waits fan, and I know you are too. What was like the first time you remember hearing Tom Waits and like what you felt about it? I was downtown Antioch at the Riverview Lodge and it was a uh, thirsty Thursday and uh, I was about 17 or so. A fellow by the name of uh, Timothy Murphy. Um, I was walking up to the bar. This is a place that was serving without asking for ID. Yeah, and, uh, classic. Yeah, classic. And then uh, so I was walking up to the, the bar and it was night time and I was on mescaline and uh, very <laughs> very good mescaline and it was like a, all in a capsule 
Anyways, uh, and then he just says, hey, this is, listen to this. And he, and he put some headphones on my head, yeah. and I stood there in the middle of the ramp that goes up to the bar, and I just stood there, and I leaned up against the rail, and I listened for the entirety of the song. Do you remember what, what record it was, or what song it was? I believe it was? it was on, you know, I don't, I think it might have been on, um, you were, been, you were 17, so this was like a year after you started making music, like pretty... This is like two or three years after I started, yeah, yeah. making music, or playing live on stage, I should yeah. say. Um... And then I, uh, once I heard it, I was like, this is familiar. You know, this is very much like something I need to know. And so then when I took it back to him, I said, you know, who was that? He said, oh, that's Tom Waits, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know? and, and then I just took that and I, and I put it away. Yeah. I didn't really even go out searching for it. I just put it away. And then one day I was um, at my house and my next door neighbor brought over a bunch of tapes. She was like, my dad's got these tapes. I'm just gonna, he's just going <laughs> to throw them away. And I see within those tapes is... Tom Waits small change on cassette and uh, I was like yes I'll take that and everything else is garbage yeah. you know and then, uh, <laughs> and I just burned through that tape man until yeah. I finally was like alright I'm gonna go get some more yeah. of this shit and then I go to the Rock Bottom Records and I see that there's that his newest CD at the time it was his newest CD it yeah. was like 2004 or 5 <clears throat> Real Gone and I was like this motherfucker has been making music for this long Dude. holy shit and he's still t- 10 years later after yeah. that still making music so reinventing himself still relevant i think he i mean he what was it uh, uh mule variations he won a grammy 1999 like, yeah. yeah so yeah. this was right after mule variations maybe his follow-up maybe maybe one or two in between i'm mm-hmm. not 100 sure but yeah that's the whole reason why we wanted to record at prairie sun was because right. that's where tom waits right. recorded right we're like dude these records sound incredible like mm-hmm. it's it's probably i mean it's a lot to do with the engineer a lot to do with the producing and then a lot to do with yeah. I mean, Tom Waits can just go. I mean, that's why he can record his own shit. Is because yeah. it's not as difficult as you as as you might think. It's more important capturing the capturing the uh, the air more than it is capturing yeah. the sound. Yeah. If 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 you know what I'm saying, it's it's the overproduction has never done him any good. No. You know. I do like uh, I do like I thought bad as me. Bad as me is was great, better but it's than just, a lot of people. It's just uh, no. I think it that is, is over. It is more produced. It than is. The, the it, rest. It's the yeah. first. Um, it's the first, actually produced one like that since I believe um, Mule Variations. Everything else after that, I think, maybe Real Gone. Either way, Real Gone's a killer record. Man. He was doing like uh, the, um, a lot of that. Uh, Brawlers, Ballers and Bastards album is so just that recorded. was the record that I got into him on, but yeah, yeah. you were talking. We were talking about, um, but music in general, um, yeah, that's a really good, um, that's one of my favorite uh, songwriters, along with Randy Newman. And I know you. So you do you do cover some Randy Newman? You cover I what, cover is Guilty. Is that it? I cover Guilty and yeah. Days of Heaven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I've, I mean, I've always been a fan of like you've got a friend of me. It's like corny, you know, but it's right, but also see, like, awesome. That's what people know him for, or they know yeah. him for short people. Or but he has an entire catalog spanning back to the 1960s that is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And so Randy Newman, if you could like recommend a record, like your favorite Randy Newman record. I could recommend a record. Oh man, that's so tough. It is tough, especially in Spotify. You know, the Spotify era where you kind of just shuffle play. And then he has like uh, the albums. Randy Newman collections. I believe it's. I can't remember what exactly what it's called now, but um, it 
it really goes through a really good, you know, it's like each each decade taking the collection of his best songs. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's literally 40 years or more of, the, the of thing, songwriting. Yeah. The, the thing about collections that always kind of bum me out is I know there's songs that are, you know, falling Absolutely. through the cracks and I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to hear, I well, want to hear all of it. Like, right. It, it, I've gone on the, those trips where you know you li- like you listen to the Beatles uh, discography like in order, right? And you just listen to song, the song, the song, mm-hmm. in exactly how they intended intended mm-hmm. the songs to be released in the same order that they released mm-hmm. them. Like that is, I mean, now it's so tough with like trying to piece together which albums are just compilations, like which ones are the right. studio, like which ones are just random. Like I know if you're a Hendrix fan at all, he has like a million compilations, and you're just right. Like, Dude, which one of these are actually like authorized? Yeah, I normally by? go to the freaking album, but I, I mean, in this case, it, when it's when it's put together by the artists themselves, I normally put more uh, stock into that. Yeah. Um, particular collection because they feel like this is what I want you to, you know, because there, when there's literally fifteen hundred or yeah. more songs, you know, yeah, it's, dude, that's it's a tough. ton of tunes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, you've kind of inspired me to get more into Randy Newman because if I mean, like, you, you're, I mean, I think you're a great songwriter, like. Tom Waits is a great songwriter. You've got like you've got good taste in songwriting. So it's like as a songwriter myself, it's like I like to find artists like that that maybe aren't on my periphery, but I haven't really focused in on. Right. So it'd be awesome. I would definitely want to get into Randy Newman a little bit. I pretty much only cover artists that I think other people should get into. Yeah. Like I'm like this is you know I cover my favorite songwriters, mm-hmm. not because I want to cover. I don't cover songs that I think would appease an audience uh, in the sense of I know this song. So you're not covering like Sweet Caroline. I'm not soon. doing that anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. um, I cover songs that I think you should know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I like to think we do the same <laughs> shit. We just cover artists that we like. Right. We cover songs that we like. That like right. I don't want to like as an original band. Like I have a buddy who um, he's in a in an, a new original band and they don't want to play any covers at all. Like zero covers because they're like we're worried that people are going to think we're a cover band and I'm like you're a cover band. If you don't play original music, you're not a cover band. If you play cover music, Correct. so I was trying to tell him, I was like, dude, think of one band that your friends are, like. Tell your bandmates, think of one band that you love and respect that, that has something. never covered a song. Right. It's just like it's like kind of like a weird stance to take. It's hard to find. Yeah, uh, I, I can think of one. I like. They have gave to be myself. relatively self-indulgent, but yeah. either way, uh, I think <clears throat> I didn't cover stuff for a, quite a while just because I didn't want to uh, butcher anything. Um, but then when it finally came to like a point where I wanted to be able to feel like what it felt like to write uh, something or feel what it feels like to rap If I Die Tonight by Tupac. So because I became yeah. so good at it or I felt like I was expressing myself pretty well with it, I decided to put it on stage, you know, and then that goes for the majority of the things that I cover. Um, Mike Doty from, from um, Soul Coughing, Tupac, Tom Waits, Randy Newman, Cody Chestnut, um, and now uh, you know, I'm literally thinking about starting, or at least having the ability to have from the bottom go and do you know an an entire blues set at 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 a place that is blues standards, yeah. or uh, go and do an entire country fucking set, you know, yeah. because I'm really into Hank Williams right now, like more Dude, for I'm, for the past like two or three or months. Senior? Senior and the third. Is, yeah. Is, is, okay. Uh, Hank three. <clears throat> Hank three is a weird dude. I love it. Yeah. It, it, it it's 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 in the fucking uh, category of yeah. Tom Waits to me because it's yeah. so out there. It's experimental. And you have to be able to be yeah. to get past whatever the fuck is jarring or whatever is um, 
there's a particular uh, sound that some people might not take to yeah. that I'm just like, I fucking love it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it, I mean, I remember driving in a van, van you know Vince, uh, Long Orange Hair, he's, in, uh, he's been in cover, or cover bands, he's been in original bands, he, he's in Sabretooth Unicorn right now, he was in Kidmo like back in the day, and like, he, uh, we, were, we were traveling together, and he was just playing Tom Waits off the hook, and I was like, dude, this guy's voice is really weird, but it was like, I, it's not something that I gravitated to immediately, like there's some artists where I'm just like, who's that? Right. And uh, he wasn't one of those, I mean, he was like, kind of like a, some, someone that I would, um, I, I admired like the percussion and the instrumentation the most. Like that was my favorite thing about his music when I first heard it. And it was Orphans, like I was saying, like, so it was like that weird, like haunting ballady shit, mm-hmm. and then the really weird stuff. Oh, he hit you with orphans first or something? Yeah, it's, it's orphans terrible. was first. Dude, I loved it. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying it. it, it that's that's it a way the to scare people shit, off for man. sure. It was the rock and roll out. So there, it's a three part brawlers, album. brawlers yeah. and bastards. Yeah, brawlers, ballers, orphans and bastards. is the name of the entire thing. Yeah. So and he he. So my favorite one was brawlers. Mine which too. Is the rock and roll shit. Oh yeah. And that, like, that was the stuff where I was just like, you know, he's beatboxing. Lucinda's my favorite song on that whole thing. Oh, dude. Cap. Cap. Yeah. Cap. Dude, he he has some cool, like, live shit, too, where he'll, like, transition from that into, like, another tune. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, on on the the Glitter and Doom Mm. uh, tour, yeah. He hasn't been a, he hasn't been touring or doing shit. Not since 2011. Yeah, my sister saw him in uh, St. Helena a few months ago. Apparently, he's looking pretty pretty old at this point well he's old yeah which is it might it might explain why he's like kind of starting to slow down because he he was working for pretty much non-stop since you know the early 70s i mean there's a there's another person that you know they've put out such a huge category of or a, a, a discography of of music that they don't need to put out another album i mean we're, we're, we're lucky to have as many as we have absolutely I mean, I totally agree with that. It's, it, what would be really nice is to see him live, because I never oh, got yeah. the chance to. I got to see him live. Oh, dude. I got to see him at the British School Benefit. Was that a few... How many years ago was that? Because I was supposed to go to that, and then I didn't go. It was like 12 years ago. Yeah, he, wasn't he like a... a sec, he's like a secret... He was a secret guest at one. I'm not sure if it was that one. But he, he wasn't like on the bill or anything, and I was like, no, nah, man, I'm good. And then it turns out he showed up and did like an entire, you know, so hour and he, a half long set. So he did this set with a with a quartet, with a stringed quartet, doing all the the parts, and it was uh, it was amazing. Dude, I, that's why I want him to go out and do some shit. Yeah, because, like, what? Like, like you know what? I'm I just, gonna, go I'm just gonna have a string quartet do all the Dude, band, accompaniment. You know? That's I mean, it's totally selfish on my half, but I I want to see that. You know, like that's what I want to see. He's one of my main. My that makes main perfect guys. sense. I mean, because yeah. uh, it's not there's nothing like it. That's that's a fact. You can't mm-hmm. go and find anybody except for like you know there's there's it's a character um and a in a in a theater artistry to what he's doing there. Yeah. That isn't isn't uh, done like that. Anymore, that's like something. Uh, it's like some uh, Renaissance shit or some some you know he you know. It's very theatrical now that you say it. Like it, it does have like a lot of it has a lot of like almost like musical, like type um, type. I guess uh, what's the word? Where he's like singing characters like I, in musicals oh yeah. and I mean, stuff. He, he and just, it, he's pulling a character out. Yeah. So like when you when when you're tapping into a like a if you're really gonna tap into a real old blues tune. Yeah. So he's just embodying some like 1929 blues character. Yeah. 
that might not or that may exist or may have existed maybe you never heard it or whatever but mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's giving it a, that that character a lisp yeah in his in, while he's singing uh, uh oh, my jesus going to be here yeah yeah He's going to be here soon. He's given this character so a lisp that he wouldn't yeah. have, but because he's <clears throat> pulling that out of it, yeah. that just came with it. Whether, you know, whether he meant to do it or not, he's like, this character has a lisp. He's going to be here soon. And it's yeah. not like a joke. It's, no. a fucking, it, it's a real song. Because he owns it so much. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> That's what it is. If he didn't own mm-hmm. it, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. That, dude, I never even thought about that kind of aspect of it. He goes deep with those characters. Like, I just kind of thought the lyrical quality, but you're absolutely right. Like, he, he changes his voice so much. And I just thought that was like a, a Tom Waits thing where he just changes his voice a lot. But now that you put it that way, it's like, that makes a lot more sense than just randomly, like, changing your voice. But uh, He's really trying to find that it. being said, I love his like big fucking come on up to the house like rock and roll voice. Like that's my favorite Tom. That's Wait's one of my favorite songs too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mine, mine too. That's my favorite one, I think. Um, but you, I mean, you're obvi- like you obviously sing a lot now, but you also like do a lot of the MC shit too. Like, were you an, a singer first, or were you a, like kind of an MC first, and then just discovered that you? Also- I wanted to be Elvis. So. <laughs> oh, it started out with uh, a, a lady from my. Uh, my grandmother's work dropped off a uh, record player and a stack of records when I was around four or five. <clears throat> and among those records were a bunch of Elvis records. And <clears throat> Once I learned how to work that record player, I was just going from the record player, listening to Elvis, running to the, the bathroom, trying to mimic it. You know, oh, dude. To where I could get it happening. The, the dancing aspect of just it, just the singing. Oh, dude, the dancing. Yeah, I didn't. The, I, 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 because it was a record. I, I, I yeah. It, it was just the singing. <clears throat> yeah, man. I Elvis is a big one for me as well. Growing up, my parents had like like fifties like greatest hits records and stuff. So like fifties music, was it early Elvis or was it like freaking in the ghetto? I had, I, I had all of it. So yeah. there, there, there was at least like seven records, and I uh, I know that it spanned throughout the entirety because I remember specifically trying to do um. um well, it's a woman for the money, you know, and just yeah. being like, yeah, you know, being really five, yeah. trying to, because that's where the echo is, is in the bathroom, so I'm yeah. trying to get it back, you know. You're trying to get that slap back. Mm-hmm. And then uh, from that, around like eight or nine, seven, eight or nine, I heard Tupac for the first time, and then I, and my, my, my cousin was dating a fellow who had a, uh, a, a lot of different rap music, and I stole... Uh, the Tupac album from him, and then I just remember listening to it um, when no one was at home. Yeah, and I, I felt like it was gonna get taken from me, like by my grandmother or something. Yeah. If she heard it, but really she probably wouldn't have. But it was a it was a record, or was it like a CD? It was a or, CD. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Dude. It was the uh, All Eyes on Me first oh, yeah. first first CD. Yeah. So I mean, I just remember being like, okay, this is this is what, okay. But you have like you have like this common thread where you you have been mentioning all these artists who have like these big voices, like really big voices, like Tom Waits, Elvis, freaking Tupac has a huge voice. They all do have big voices, yeah. 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 So and Tupac, I mean, I believe he is who showed me how deep a person can go when it comes to the content of what you're writing about. Mm-hmm. Like when you can literally okay, I'm I wake up in the morning, and just because you're thinking, or because your 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 environment is a particular uh, way that 
your mind is thinking about a 16-year-old kid on death row and how he got there, and you're going to write an entire song about that aspect of, of you know, n- not even from your particular, your uh, 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 point of view, but just from storytelling, but, but from somebody yeah. else that you've seen go through this entire. That's is uh, an aspect of writing that I didn't even know existed until yeah. I got to Tupac. Because well, wow. Elvis was just like... <laughs> it's very it's straightforward. Very, yeah, but it's, it's rock the and tunes roll. that I like. You know, yeah. that, that's the tunes. But when, when it gets down to real, real, like, nitty-gritty of how, how, how deep you can think about a concept. Yeah. And how heavy that concept could be. Not just like the fucking, you know, fucking <laughs> atmosphere or some type yeah. of, you know, some fucking shit talking about this. Whatever. Trying to sound smart. I'm yeah. talking about like Brenda's got a baby, you know yeah. what I mean? We're like it's your first fucking single. You're you're like big fucking single, and you're like you know what is more important is a song like Trapped and a song like Brenda's got a baby because he's mm-hmm. automatically trying to make an impact yeah. on his community. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where most people, especially nowadays, that they're trying to look as cool as they can look. That's, that's a big. That's a big thing. I mean, <clears throat> in the this Instagram era, like that's what a lot of people are doing. You know, it's the, whenever you open up Instagram, it's like the best 10 seconds of everybody's day, mm-hmm. you know, and you're looking at everyone's best 10 seconds as you're scrolling like endlessly and shit. So a lot of people, I think a lot of people are starting to try, they're trying to, to create that, you know, I kind of wanted to talk about, uh, the, the Elvis thing a little bit more mm-hmm. though, because I'm, I'm big into Elvis. Was it? And especially just rock and roll music like that, like early rock and roll music. Was it, it was the instrumentation mostly about Elvis, his voice? I mean, it was the tunes and his yeah. voice. His voice was really. I always thought that that just um, you know. And then when I learned about you know where all these tunes came from, <clears throat> that's when I really had even more appreciation for Elvis. Where some people yeah. are like, "Hey man, this guy made money off of black like music." Hijacked him, yeah. He's more like, <clears throat> no. I mean, Elvis grew up in a fucking extremely poor environment. Yeah. Um, and grew up listening to old country tunes and old blues tunes and old mm-hmm. Negro spirituals and all that type of stuff mm-hmm. um, because that's what, what, what was around in that poverty-stricken mm-hmm. environment. So all that he did was want to sing. Yeah. Right? He wanted to express himself. What did he want to express? Probably that same... His environment. That is same what, yeah. feeling. So that's what he sang yeah. about mostly was, you know, and all of that stuff, yeah, it, it's it's... Um, I mean, he had a reverence. He definitely had a reverence for black music absolutely. because he would like. Because he, he grew like up a, in Biloxi, Mississippi, and that's where he was. You know, yeah. and he was going to, to all those clubs and like <clears throat> checking out all the acts and like just having a reverence for it. Like he wasn't like freaking sneaking around taking notes and shit and trying to actively steal their shit. No, like that's not what's he was absorb. He was absorbing that energy. He was just able to um, uh, personify <clears throat> that into an aspect that scared the hell out of everybody. That's yeah. all it was. Like, look, yeah. this, 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 this black music that we've been like hiding our children from or whatever yeah. is now being displayed by uh, mm-hmm. a very good-looking white yeah. fella. My girlfriend's still like, man, Elvis was good-looking, huh? Right. And I'm like, yeah, he was. Yes. Absolutely, he That's was. Was part of the deal. But I, yeah, I've <laughs> always, ha- I've always taken, you know, I don't really like when people say that he stole music because it, it has well, such a devious music. context. He played music. Yeah. yeah he and you can and you can tell it's heartfelt and you can tell it's soulful and you can tell that it's not a front. Like nope. it is who he is. Absolutely. So I love I mean I love Elvis. I Me love too. his voice the most like and there's I'll, nobody like Elvis. Yeah. You know, when it, when it comes to I guess again a, a 
of all the people that I really like, there's yeah. nobody like them. Yeah. Who the hell's like Elvis? Nobody. They had to try to make people up. You know, when he went to the army. Jerry Lee Lewis had a fucking. He was furious about Elvis. Yeah, like, lots of people didn't like dude, Elvis. Dude, they had a they had such a beef. I don't know if it was really like Elvis hating Jerry Lee, but definitely Jerry Lee hated Elvis. And um, I mean, I guess he considered them rivals, you know. But back in the day, they had this weird like shit about like. And I probably had this at one point too, where I felt like if another band was getting more shine than me, I was like, dude, fuck that, <laughs> you know. And it's like I couldn't have a more different like perspective on that kind of energy now like i i love when other bands in the area are doing well like and playing shows and like posting and like having content and creating albums and all that kind of stuff i think if you support like if you support a community like it it just brings up everyone in the community rather than you know this weird like uh rivalry thing that like you know like i said like elvis and jerry lee had like, there's no, I don't think... You know, that's unnecessary these days. It's unnecessary yeah. anyway, but, you know, it's yeah. unnecessary. I think so. I mean, I, I've, I mean, I've met plenty of people who still have this thing where they're like, you know, if someone else is getting, like I said, getting some shine, they, like, it, it's People like don't want to play, uh, don't, don't want to headline shows because they, they know that less people might be there. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how far it is. Yeah. Or, or the headlining spot apparently is the shit spot. Yeah. So and the people who they want other people's crowd to be there for them when they play. Yeah. They want uh, people who just might. There's. I mean, I've seen that where it's yeah. like, hey, you guys, will you guys mind headlining? It's like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. yeah we'll play it because we don't give a shit. I don't yeah. care if I'm playing for ten or or or, or ten thousand at this point. And uh, you know. It'd be it's, cool to play for ten thousand, though. That's the plan. <laughs> yeah, that would be the plan. Rad. I remember seeing it. I remember being a kid and closing my eyes and going into a, a dark room and just sitting there and seeing my future. And that was my future at some point. So I figure if I just so you guys started hitting it hard again, like pretty recently, right? Yeah. What was the what was First, like, what was the reason for like that kind of hiatus, and then what was the, and then what kind of spurned the comeback? There was like, just like, uh, you know, there was no um, continuity, or uh, there was no with the other members that I had. They were just, you know, willy nilly in some aspect or another, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm hard enough to deal with on my own. You know, I can't have two other extreme egos, not yeah. you know, unable to work. Uh, toward to coexist. <clears throat> so it was just like creative differences and, and that kind of shit, or was it more just like a... Social, uh, economical differences. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Environmental. Yeah. I would say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like, I'm lucky. We, we, My band, like, we're all pretty easygoing. We've been together for a while now, and we've had, like, a few arguments, but it's always just like... It's just like... It's almost just like familial. I mean, like as you know, like Emily's my sister and Tom's my brother-in-law and Alante. We've known Alante for so long. It's just like he's just one of us now. And it's I have like, the best band dynamic I've had ever. Dude, so. I love everyone in your band. I do too. So it's it's, it's work. The the reason why we're going so hard now is because once I got back t- with TJ, yeah, it inspired me to want to record my own shit mm-hmm. and make it sound as good as I'm hearing it. You know yeah. what I mean? 
that's always the fucking hurdle to get over. Is it what you hear in your head, like, versus what's coming out? You're like, fuck, that's not necessarily what I heard. And then trying to figure out the pathway to what you hear in your head. I'm more, more, uh, that's, that's like, fucking, that's like the, the, the beginning, uh, elementary stage of like songwriting in some manner or another. But what I'm talking about is being recorded and wanting, like, having a, like any, any anything that you've heard uh of our shit recorded mm -hmm. all of that shit is shit i didn't even like you yeah know i mean it was just put out because my bass player just was like we're gonna put this shit out yeah and i'm just like okay well because I, I remember he wanted to sell it you know and i remember being like that's not happening because it's not a good enough product yeah. that i want to even put my you know you don't stamp, put your stamp on no it, yeah. so but now i have because i recorded myself and because i'm happy enough with it I'm mm -hmm. finally able to put out a first album. So do you have a you have your own home studio? Right now, yeah, we do. Nice. Yeah. It's probably bigger than this one. Or? Not much bigger <laughs> yeah. than this. No, th I I have a basement. Um, I guess the room might be a little bit bigger than this, but not yeah. not not much. Dude, this uh, I mean, you saw how empty that room is, but yeah. this is a garage right here. I would love to like get a different you know type of interface here and have like six, seven, eight. Well, like, if this is a garage, that's that's perfect. Then you yeah. could you could be running all yeah, your mics out there. Yeah, I feel like it would have that. I mean, I don't want it to be too you know echoey or whatever. But I feel like if you get like the mics really close to the drum heads, you can also have that kind of tight sound. But then just add in the room, you know, with that other fader. Um, but yeah, the do it yourself. This is the first shit that we haven't you know done it ourselves, and um, it's it's. A really fun process but it's also like it's like a Jesus fucking take the wheel mm -hmm. like kind of process too where you don't have your fingerprints on every single aspect of it mm -hmm. and that that can be a little bit tough to kind of like you know pick your battles and let shit go and, and have some other things where you're just like okay yeah if it's gonna be that way it's gonna be that way yeah that's why I just you know for I've already recorded this one and it's done and it, uh, we just need to get it out as soon as possible and then uh, there's you know at least ten songs um, from uh, years past that yeah. I would like to take, like some of the shit that might be on those those demo songs, yeah. I actually do want to take those and remake them to actually put them out. Yeah, you know. Well, you guys are sounding tight now too. You guys right. play a lot. How how often do you guys play? We were uh, practicing once a week for for that's quite huge. a while. There, yeah. Getting to that point where you're practicing all the time, mm -hmm. like that's when you take that next leap. And then obviously you're playing a lot more now right. than you were before. Mm -hmm. So. You I had, feel like once we actually have something tangible to give, yeah. like an album, like just just an album, I think. I mean, fucking t-shirts and stickers and all that shit goes with it, but I can't tell you how many times out of the thousand shows or whatever it's been, how many how many people have come up to me after shows and been like, well, where the fuck's the music? You know? yeah. And I have nothing for them. I got nothing to give Dude, them except for we're, uh, some I mean, sly it's no, it's no fucking mystery that we're like we're like big fans of your guys' work and your guys' music and we definitely want to hear that kind of stuff like when when do you think what's the timeline would you say for I want I want at least November yeah yeah dude I mean I think I think having a quality record or even just even if it's not like you know the utmost quality even if it's just enough to dude, to have an accurate representation of what you have right. what the chemistry you have that's you what know? i'm trying to give right and, now and i think that is such a huge step in getting the in getting a bunch of gigs you know getting maybe some radio play finding different playlists to be in that kind of shit right so hopefully like that's 
hopefully that's on the horizon for you. I'd love to hear some of your shit. You ha- you said you have one done already. We have one album done, yeah. And then I, we I recorded like three of the um I'm gonna call it the prequel albums. Yeah. Um, I recorded three of those and they sounded really good. But we just got this new um or my I should say my drummer TJ just made a pretty hefty purchase on this Personas 32 SC uh, uh, mixing console. Oh shit. And oh. Yeah. I think my buddy has that. Yeah. Yeah. And so we it can record, you know, live uh 32 channels or whatever. And then uh we it, it it's also a um a multi-track. So yeah. it's, it's 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 just it's everything that we need right now. Yeah, this thing just has two, which is kind of, I can do all the like all the overdubs in the world I want here. Right. And it sounds pretty good, but it's like I would love to our next record to be it a little bit more do it yourself again because I think if we like because I have this universal audio thing here mm-hmm. and it has a lot of great plugins that like can really mm-hmm. you know give you oh that. I was completely against plugins for the longest time I, I was against lots of shit like that yeah. I, I remember wanting to go straight analog until somebody told me dude uh, you can do all that shit but once you put it in MP3 format, it's fucking digital, so yeah. there's almost no point Same to it. Shit. <laughs> it's, the, it's not literally. Like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, the only way it's actually going to stay analog is if the fucking media that you put it on is analog, and the media yeah. that you listen to it on is analog. So yeah. it's like, only if the person, if, if I recorded it all on tape, pressed it on vinyl, yeah. and you listen to it on a fucking record player, then it will be analog. Dude, the thing is, it's like, some of these... Some of these plugins they have are are built specifically to like emulate these classic like mm-hmm. preamps and shit. Mm-hmm. And then they like I've watched YouTube videos where they do side by side comparisons of it's the tough. two, and it's it's all it's virtually identical. It's very tough, yeah. Yeah. Very tough to fucking tell. That's that's uh, there was many different reasons that called me into okay, I'm gonna fucking mm. go, I'm gonna go <laughs> digital, and uh, just try my best with it. And I've been able to recreate a lot of different things. I've been able to recreate sound that you know. Uh, doesn't sound digital in my opinion. That it, it yeah. sounds shitty enough, you know. Is what I should say. <laughs> Dude, like I said, for me, it's just like getting the song recorded. You have all these, you know, waveforms and shit bouncing around, and it's just about finally trying to get it the exact way you hear in your head. You know, that's a, that's the toughest. That's the toughest jump. So when uh, have you had Mitch on board for the whole time? Mitch has been on board since, like, 2007, so at least 12 years or something. Dude, that's a long time. He's a good dude. Oh, yeah. I had just met him recently. He's kind of an intimidating figure because he's, like, all big with the tattoos and, like, with the voice. He's like... Argh. No, he's the fucking he's kid a cat, sweet, man. He's a sweet dude, man. Like, yeah. I was chat- I just got to know him, like, pretty well these last few times we played together, and he's just a really good dude. He's, he's an excellent person then again. Uh, yeah, he got lucky with a lot of people in your band. Mm-hmm. I, I would say so. I mean, uh, yeah, this is the best dynamic I've ever had where I have a bass player that wants to continue to get better constantly. Yeah. You know, he's like, you know, let's keep practicing. Let's, you know. The Clinton, right? Yeah. He yeah. just fucking wants to get better and do yeah. better. And uh, he wants to play more shows and do, you know, where it makes me, it makes me go, fuck, I'm slacking. Yeah. My shit where I want yeah. to, you know. Are you the, uh, like, primary booker and all that kind of stuff? I... I let that be, uh, you know, because we're all admins on the page and whatever, yeah. you know, I let whoever wants to respond or whoever can get a show. Yeah. Whoever can get a show, they fucking, they will put it across to the, you know, to the the other band members to see, yeah. you know, 
which is how it should be. Yeah. It should be like, hey, man, I got a date over here. Are you guys all okay with that? And then we yeah. look at our calendars and so on and so forth. Totally. But I just, you know, I want to be... But when you get the record out, you're, you said, or you mentioned that you want to, like, kind of pick it up and play even more. I want to pick it up, for mm-hmm. sure, until I can actually get a fan base. I mean, I, I, you know, I've been doing this for so long, I don't even have a real fan base, because you can't be a fan with something you don't have. You know what I mean? It's but very we, difficult. It's cool to have the live shows, though. Like, Absolutely. That's, a big that's, thing. that's like, what I've given. That's, that's all I've yeah. been able to give yeah. in the past 15 years. And now I feel like it's okay. I've been an asshole long enough. I can finally, you know, get to recording. I'm not. I'm not completely poor anymore. I'm not. I'm not shit house poor, relying on somebody else to try yeah. to help me or something. You know? Totally. Right. Totally. When you do, you have like any kind of like. What's your? Because you have like really passionate like live performances. Like you don't leave anything on the stage. Like you have the. You know. You always kind of leave your heart on your sleeve out there when you perform and. Mm-hmm. But do you have like some kind of like state of mind that you go up with, or do you just kind of like what? What's your I guess what from your perspective like? What is it about that live performance that that allows you to to you know show that kind of passion? I wish I I knew how to express that better, but um, <laughs> that's a kind of weird question. I no, guess. no, I, I I get what you're saying. <laughs> that's where I can really. That the stage is a place where that's okay, and from when I was a little kid, and I used to do theater and uh, plays and fucking shit like that through school, I remember being like, oh, you know, having that same kind of feeling there, but uh, trying to tap into that character and uh, uh, and and the pain in the character or whatever that is. And with my songs, most of them are rooted in pain of some sort. Whether I um whether whether I'm expressing it um sarcastically. What is that? What? That d- jumping. Oh, that's just uh, that's probably some outro music or some shit. Here, let me let me get rid of this. Yeah, that's just. Don't worry. My, oh, well, you know, you my, me, yeah, my last uh, you my told last me to tell you I some weird No, I, I, dude, I, I appreciate that. Sometimes it glitches out, but basically, our the last guy, James. I don't know if you've met him before. He's from Morning Mountains. Yeah, uh, James. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he uh, he showed us some new music on the record. So this is just like the music, you know, Got MP3. It. So yeah, it popped up. Good thing we didn't have like any monitors on. It would have fucking blown our faces yeah, off. Absolutely. But, no, fuck, but dude. um, but it's, yeah, you're, it's it's kind of like channeling. Uh, but in a sense, if it's sometimes it's somebody else's pain. Again, I learned that from Tupac, being able to like tap into. Yeah, I mean, I I feel pain, but there's worse pain than that. Even like even even the terrible shit that's happened to me in my life, I know that there's more terrible shit beyond that. Yeah. And sometimes I can write from that perspective, and then sometimes I write from my own perspective. And each time that you write a song in that in that in that way, you can either fucking go through the motions <clears throat> when you sing that song or play that song or you do what what I do which is fucking channel that same time that same moment that same feeling and have to express it in that same manner so every it's time. almost like method acting like fucking uh, Gangs of New York with that dude Except with the mustache for, like, sort of ex- I'm yeah. actually tapping into what was the original fucking uh, feeling yeah. you know what I'm saying 
like the thing that made me want to start writing a, a particular song. I mean, I might start still cr- cr- crying while I'm trying to sing the song yeah. because I'm so far into that yeah. into that feeling. Yeah, and it's really uh, what wh- where people are 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 seeing like a a, a person, um, like you, you know, you said uh, putting a lot of feeling into it, or it's, it's because yeah. I'm give I'm fucking forgetting about everything that yeah. exists, and I'm fucking just tapped into that moment right then. Do you think the the theater background helped with that at all, or you you mentioned? The, like, I mean, yeah, it it, the, it like, must have because me t- trying to find like okay, how the fuck do I tap into the the beast? In Beauty and the Beast, you know, you have to be like, I don't understand. You played this. the Beast in Beauty and the Beast, right? You know what I mean. Yeah, it's like, how go. the fuck do you tap into that <laughs> character? Well, you know, you have to really fucking try hard to imagine yeah. that being the case. You know what I mean? Totally. And I and I guess maybe reading a lot of books and and having a, a wild imagination, you know, has helped. You know, mm-hmm. um, me be able to um, I can uh, improv really well. You know, because of theater and because of certain things and because of freestyle rap music, you know, it yeah. always got me fucking the ability and uh, jazz, uh, Django Reinhardt and um, stuff like that. Where I'm just like, this, this guy, he just fucking just played that, you know, he didn't, it wasn't written. He yeah. just He just played that and yeah. then it was recorded and it's like that forever. Mm-hmm. And I, I started being like, that is a cool way of self-expression. Where you're like, this is it. Press record, man, and and, and and if it's the take, you got the take, you know. And uh, I started writing music from that perspective, even to where you know the feeling of being on stage, where you 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 feel like you're on the spot. That's a perfect time to fucking try and tap into that improvisation moment. Dude, totally. Uh, whenever I'm playing a song, like there's certain like there's obviously parts you play the same, like right. you know the chordal structure Absolutely. of the song you play, but you'll get to like. You know, a vocal part that has a little bit more room to stretch out, or right. like a guitar part that has a little bit more room to stretch out, and that that's always fun to have, like kind of an idea in place. But then you can always have a different, mm-hmm. you know, final product rather than just the same written solo every single time or the same, you know. I'd say that right now I have the most structured set I've ever had, but prior to that, um, like there's a there's a lot of my songs. And we still do it at, at practices where I just I'll go ahead and try to tap into something, and um, but I, I I really started doing that live, and that's because of because of the pressure, mm-hmm. and and you can either fucking succumb to the pressure or be like because the pressure's there I'm going to really just let this happen. So you, you know? mean when you say structured set, you mean with regard to the guitar playing or with the vocal? The entire the yeah. entirety of the set. I would say that it's like this is how we practice these songs, mm-hmm. where <clears throat> if I had an idea, I would go up on stage with my band and I would start playing that idea, and then I would let the entire song make itself on stage. Yeah. And I've let a f- and a and a few of my songs that we play now that are extremely structured. Yeah. They came out of nothingness on stage. Dude, that's wild. Right. That's pretty ballsy to do. It's too. extremely they ballsy. Fucking but, crash and burn. But exactly, yeah, I, that's the that was what made me good at it is because I was just like, fuck, we can't fuck up, or I, you know, I can't, I can't be, sh- I gotta kill it, is or yeah. whatever, you know, whatever mind state that you have to fucking. Yeah. But normally it's the mind state of just being like, fuck, let's just go, like, like it's like meditating or something. Mm-hmm. You just fucking go ahead, and um, room in my heart for the wicked is a is a is a is an example of that. I just had that idea and then I and then I just freestyled over the whole thing until I felt like I had 
what I wanted. Was that is that kind of your writing process? Is just trying like a ton of different shit and then seeing which ones you like the best, or <clears throat> or do you feel like when you when you write, let's say you write like a, a hook or something like a, you have an idea of like a vocal like hook in your head, right? Like what's your what's your whole process like, or what is? I mean, everyone has different processes. Sometimes it's it's just seeing where it goes and having it recorded. Just like I'm saying, like, a lot of the times that I would do that, again, uh, like, for instance, the first, the one of the best times that I've done it are at Mountain Vibes, where I know that they're being recorded. Yeah. But, and videotaped. So yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm going to fucking do this now. I'm going to improv the fuck out of this. Yeah. Whatever, you know, and it's either going to fucking crash and burn, or it's going to be a fucking masterpiece that I'm then <laughs> going to take and play it for the rest of my life. Yeah. And that's, it's happened a few times, where I'm like, perfect, and I... Glad I got to write it in front of everybody, you know. Dude, that's <clears throat> awesome. I mean, I've never, definitely never. I've, I do like I do some solo shit where I'll play acoustic guitar and like I'll definitely experiment and stuff when I think it's like pretty low stakes. But when you have like when you have like a bunch of band members who you know, have an idea of what they're doing, how do you how do your band members like, like support this kind of improvisi- improvisation? Do they, do they understand beforehand like hey we're gonna play this song it's gonna be a lot of fucking improving and. We kind of know the chord structure of it, but wherever it goes... It's... Like, if it was, like, some kind of, like... like <clears throat> There would be times where I would just show my bass player the bass line. Yeah. And then, and then my drummer would just pick it up. And then he'd be like, okay. And I'm like, all right, I got the rest from here. And then, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll show you where, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> Dude, I noticed you also got, like, a new... You got a new setup, right? You got a new guitar and a new amp. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What, what drives you to... To a Marshall, you have a Fender and a Marshall, right? Yeah. What what draws you to those brands or those guitars? Well, you know, I would say Fender because uh, Jimi Hendrix, you know. Yeah, same, uh, same here. You, know, <laughs> you got that Strat right next to you, right there. Yeah. Like, uh, I would say Woodstock is still one of my favorite. Uh, concerts to watch just because again there's there's a big batch of some improv right there mm. <clears throat> where he was just like oh, we're just going to do some jamming here and it turns out to be fucking amazing yeah <clears throat> you know um i mean you're preaching to the choir that that hendrix performance specifically is like how i learned how to play guitar to start out i just looked <clears throat> at his hands and i looked at my hands like in the mirror and i was like do my hands like kind of look like his hands and then i kind of like looked up tabs at the <clears throat> same time and like tried to piece it all together but I knew I wasn't going to be able to play like that. I just, <laughs> I just liked the I, sound of his guitar. I I <laughs> Dude, I thought I could have. I was like, I could be this. Yeah. No. I, lo- I mean, the sound of his guitar and that, re- like, um, that performance specifically was so incredible. Like, there's so much feedback and also clarity in the notes, too. It's just, uh, it's, it, it's like kind of what you were saying before, like how it's like a perfect storm of improvisation that makes mm-hmm. like this classic thing. Like, that was Hendrix's performance in a nutshell. Right. Like, just a perfect storm. And it all it all came to perfection. Yes, it's one of my that's, that's a that's a great one. Um, Marshall, yeah, you know my <clears throat> my uncle uh, left a few amps at, uh, you know at my house, and then he just let me have that one, and uh, that's how I have that amp. Yeah, that's that Hendrix combo too. That that Fender Marshall combo. Mm-hmm. I had. Uh, I mean, I still have a Marshall. I just got like this tiny little Fender that I probably won't gig with, but I practice with it. It's pretty chill. Um, but yeah, the Marshall. I like the Marshall sound, especially the tube amp. Yeah, no, this is the nicest uh, shit I've ever played out of ever. I mean, it sounds good. Yeah, I mean, I. I had a. Uh, 
of a that's good see my uh, bass player just said uh, He's been he's been practicing the rest of the set. He's gonna kill it. No. Nice. That's, oh, that's good to get. You get a little text message like, "Hey, uh, by the way, gonna kill this." Practicing it, you're like, "Thank God." Yeah, I don't, I, I don't see any slippage in this guy, man. He's great. He's a positive dude. Yeah, no, like everyone in your band's all like a super positive dude. Yeah, it's very, you know, it's 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 a good juxtaposition for all of us, you know, because yeah. I'm, it's not that I'm, uh, you know, brooding. Or anything yeah. like that, or melancholy so much, because <clears throat> I'm not. But uh, the reality of this fucking world, uh, it can be pretty fucking heavy on my brain, mm -hmm. heavy on my soul. Um, and this is this has been the this and um, actually, you know, um, trying to you know be my true self. Music and 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 any and any actively trying to remain my true self through meditation or any manner or another has been the two things that have been the the the, the, the biggest light in this world of shit to me. So, <clears throat> did you? Is this like a recent thing that you? Because you said uh, trying to find your true self as is, no, like I mean, as if you've lost. it. I know who my true self is, and then you know the ego comes in and and, and can cloud your judgment for a long time. It can even make you think you're fucking crazy. Make you think all types of shit, you know, like you're you're doing the wrong thing, this that, you know, or you're doing the right thing when really you shouldn't be, you should be doing something else. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> it's a constant battle. Yeah. It's a constant battle. Yeah, man. So um, not only is is that a battle, but just, you know, again, like I said, the the weight of everything. Uh, I think somehow for me, writing about it, expressing it. Um, and even though it, it can be painful for me to even you know do it sometimes, it's better than uh, it's my way of being able to fucking uh, combat it or something. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, dude. I mean, it, is this kind of lining up with from the bottom like having this resurgence? Other than the band member situation, how long how long would you say you guys went between shows with the new lineup and the old lineup? I don't know. I would say three years. Yeah, so that so three years goes by. You haven't played a show. Is that you know eating away at like what you're calling like your true self? Like you want to fucking be out there performing. That could be part. Yeah. yeah, that's that's part of it. I mean, I'm supposed to do more than this. You know, I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to be helping people. I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to use this musical thing as 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 not just for people to listen to or whatever, but or not for. Uh, financial gain but if i you know were to make financial gain if i was to do it's supposed to all do good for people mm -hmm. um i want to be able to fucking feed people with with money i can make with this shit you know what i mean i want to be able to buy land and fucking and help the world somehow yeah. you know what i'm saying and uh the way music has helped me in so many different manners other people's music like you know um that's where I feel like I owe it the, the, the most is because of um, people like Tupac who really opened me up and, 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 and by, by opening themselves up, by being vulnerable enough to be like, look, man, I fucking go through this terrible shit too. Mm -hmm. uh, that is what made me, I could say, saved me in, in some manner or another. Um, it's, it saved me by yeah. letting me know that uh, uh, I'm not alone in this world. And that's where I feel like I owe it to somebody else 
to fucking make music um, for that same reason, to where maybe I can say something to fucking make them not kill themselves or something that day. Yeah. Whatever it may be. Not a, it doesn't have to be that extreme. Yeah. Or it can just be to fucking get up and move, uh, you know, or not do something terrible. Not, whatever it is that might creep into your head from a fucking song or, the, or the, the meaning of it or whatever, I know that, that, that music has helped me in, 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 in that aspect. So. But it goes beyond all the like recordings and like mental stuff too. Like It can be as small as someone being excited to go to your show like on Saturday. It can be, exactly. <laughs> like, it can it can be, be as, as small, small as, that. as like This guy's like, I had a shit week, but at least I get to go see From the Bottom Boom. tonight. And I got a ticket in my hand, I'm going to bring or my Or somebody girlfriend. was having a shit day, shows up to the bar, didn't even fucking know that we were playing, and then was yeah. like, hey, who the fuck is these people? That guy. Yeah. Whatever it is. I just want to be able to fucking be some kind of levity to some situation, even though it might be some terrible shit I, I'm, I'm referencing or, or talking about. Again, because that's what's pulled me out of it before. Like, don't yeah, worry, absolutely. dog. I'm fucking going through it, too. And guess where I'm at now or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's going to be all right. Tomorrow's a fucking a better day or whatever, you know. Any type of fucking thing that can make you be like, okay, it's not just fucking me. Yeah. You know. I mean, you guys have a lot of talent, so I, I mean, I have no doubt when you start coming out with records, like, people are going to start taking notes. That's how I feel about yeah. um, this whole thing, you know, I mean, we, we talk about hiatus and how long it's been and this and that, how long I've been. I don't feel like I've done anything. I feel like I've done nothing, and I've just started, and this has all just been kind of like practice. Until I finally put, put out my first album, this is, this is just... In November. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're fucking waiting for it, man. This is just practice. This was yeah. just some kind of shit leading, I mean, no... I know that there's people that didn't put out fucking albums until they were in their 30s, you know? Yeah. I know people that... I mean, there's there's blues people that I that didn't even fucking get, make any money off of their music until they were in their 60s. Like Mississippi John. There's so and, many yeah. of them. They're just like, oh, fuck. Finally. Got discovered by these people trying to like make uh, recordings for right. the Library of Con- exactly. uh, Congress, and they're just like, oh, shit. And now Europe wants to hear us, so let's go over there and make some fucking money. You know, that's, yeah. Uh I'm not saying that's going to be my fucking, my way, but I'm saying I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I mean, if money, if money can fund your passion and fund this, like, this kind of um, energy that you're talking about putting out, like, we want to help people, like, if money can help fund that and can help, you know, support that kind of dream and that kind of ideology, like, dude, so I'm all for it, man. It's just, it's tough to make money in the independently now but once you get past a certain threshold i think independent music is the best way to do it because then you don't have to pay all these other fuckers to you know put you out or to you know uh distribute you or to do you know just whatever it might be like studios always want to take a little piece now and they're kind of they're kind of uh you know they're kind of dinosaurs at this point yeah no it's so easy for people to fucking put out their own music it's ridiculous so and i mean you can fucking record amazing shit at your own house where you, they used to have to give you $100,000 to go record your album. Yeah, and then they had every and then you were intent paying to back. just drop you after they got like maybe a hit out of you Correct. or something like that. Yeah. So, the, I, as much as I could feel like you know I'm behind the curve or whatever, I also feel like what my niche is is and gonna be it's just an aging thing anyway i'm i haven't even aged to that yet to the aging <laughs> fucking blues man that i feel like you know yeah when i maybe when i'm 55 or something i'll finally be you know uh, a ripe 
or whatever you want to call it. I mean, I think you guys are, you know, you're hitting your stride right now. I feel like everything's working out. You have, like you said, this great dynamic. Everyone's sounding good. Um, Mitch sounds really good on the uh, guitar. We got like Mitch some, playing everything, which was, you know, dude. not not the original plan, but now because I, it's why not, you know, wh- why not have you play fucking everything we can get your grubby little hands on? Dude, he sounds good, man. When you guys <laughs> double those guitar parts, it sounds it sounds really good. And uh, TJ's just killing it too. That guy's fucking super talented at drums. Yeah. Anyway, do you uh do you want me to let you go, man? I mean, yeah. do you have anything you want to plug? Like, I yeah. know this November thing. There's a show on Saturday. We have from, a small market, but from the bottom. Yeah. We'll be Dennis there. from the bottom. Um. Do you have a website or anything like that? We got a yeah, we do, but nothing's up on there right now. We have a from the bottom my uh Facebook page there. We do have a website in the domain. It's just we don't have any content up there because yeah. we got nothing there yet. Then you have the Instagram too, or is that just your personal? Uh, it's my personal Instagram, yeah. but it's it's the band's Instagram uh, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. yeah. So, dude, it's been great having you on. Thanks for humoring me with this, man. Driving back from slow and then coming straight here, fucking. Yeah, dude, yeah, I really man. appreciate it. That was a fucking. Uh, it was a hell of a drive. Yeah, man. <clears throat> well, we've already done. Shout out, slow Superior Court. <laughs> Case dismissed, bitches. Yeah. Dude, we've already done 70 minutes, dude. So. There you go. Good job, man. But I can't turn back to my past life. Just can't be with